Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast. My name is Ron Pashery, columnist for TJRWrestling.net. Two-man power trip this week, once again with myself and my good friend, Mr. Wednesday Night Live, Alo Aaron Lloyd, hailing from Bahia Blanca, Argentina. I love that. I love the role of the <laughs> Loved it. I, I knew you would. That's why I went with it. Um... How are you doing this evening? Excellent. Our resident European champion. Have residencies all over the globe. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a real one. I'm a really wanted man. <laughs> I'm in high demand all, of, all over the countries in Europe. You are. I, I can attest to that. And you're in high demand at any live show that we attend. Yes, I am. Everybody wants a piece of Mr. Wednesday Night Live. Can't get enough of them. So this week, Raw and SmackDown... We're what, about five, six weeks into the brand split? We've had some highs and lows. It felt different watching only five hours this week. It did. It was it was refreshing. I'm still a little bit hungover from SummerSlam and TakeOver Brooklyn weekend. Like I, I still had some trouble this week. I did but, too. But my my new catchphrase. <laughs> <laughs> there was a huge event on Monday night. A new Universal Champion crowned. I believe he's being referred to as the first Universal Champion, <laughs> even though Finn Balor technically won it at SummerSlam. Am I? Did I hear that right? Were they saying that? Stephanie on the show? said that. Okay. KO, Kevin Owens, the indie darling, the IWC darling, everybody's favorite heel. Did you see that coming? Well, when I woke up Monday morning, he. He kept teasing it on Twitter, and I kept seeing everybody po- repost his stuff on Instagram and Facebook, talking about this this time this day last well in this town last year I won the Intercontinental title, and they just kept teasing it all night, teasing it all night, and then when the show started, and Seth went directly to Kevin Owens, I was like, I think he's gonna win, <laughs> because because he went directly to Kevin Owens, he didn't go to Roman, he didn't go to um. Cassie went directly to Kevin Owens. Yeah. And Kevin Owens just cut a promo. But he stole the show within five minutes of, when, when, of the show. The fact that there was a fight Owens fight chant so early yeah. on in that promo, I kind of told you everything. As much as people loved Seth, you could tell that people wanted Owens to win that title. Yeah. I personally, I'll give WWE a ton of credit that I had no idea who was going to win. Mm-hmm. No clue. I wanted to say Seth... Part of me, though, was thinking, like, ah, maybe they want to put it on Roman. Part of me was like, well, maybe they give it to, to Owens. Um, but I had no clue. I was watching Raw from two hours behind. So when it ended, I got, like, 100 text messages. <laughs> Sorry about that. It's fine. <laughs> because because I, I tend not to look if I'm watching that way, especially around what time they happen. If they happen in the 10.55 to 11.05 region... I won't look at them just in case. But I could see, like, when I flipped open the phone, I could tell uh, something crazy just happened. So I don't know if a lot of people are saying what a surprise it was, the interference that happened. When I saw all these text messages, people losing their minds about what happened, nobody spoiled it, but my first thought was Triple H had to have interfered. Then, obviously, that's what happened. Watching live, obviously, you had no... No predictors. You had nothing tipping you off that something crazy happened. Did you see that as a possibility? Were you totally surprised or no? I was because 
Triple H hasn't been on TV since WrestleMania, so he's kind of in the back of your mind in the situation. And then the fact that you had Stephanie and Mick at ringside, he was like, okay, they're there to make sure nothing go, nothing goes down. And then we I, we already knew Big Cass wasn't going to win, but he, I think he's elevated just being in that match because he's mainly a tag team competitor. So him being in that match just elevates him, even mm-hmm. though being the first one eliminated. I, I mentioned last week that I wasn't sure where they were going to go for Clash of the Champions and how you place Finn Balor and whoever wins, who they're going to face. They fixed they they fixed all that from <laughs> Monday night on Raw because Triple H coming out that was the last thing in my mind mm-hmm. him Pedigree and Roman that made sense because it's payback for WrestleMania yeah. and then he wakes Seth up and then the way the way he threw Seth in the ring I was like something's up I knew something was, was up here and he Pedigree Seth and then Owens face was just a complete shock it's, it's kind of shades of our throwback man. It's Unforgiven 2002. I don't know if you saw that. Watched watched it yet? I've tri- not watched it. Okay, so it's shades of that because in the, in the world title match against RVD, when Flair turns on on RVD, Triple H is in complete shock. Yeah. And even when Triple H sets up the pedigree, he's still looking <laughs> at Flair. And Owens did the same thing. Owens is Owens watched Triple H pedigree, and right when he's pinning, pinning Rollins, he's still looking at Triple H because he's in complete shock. Yeah, he doesn't expect it to happen, but they did a great job booking that. It was the match was great, by the way. Awesome man, it was a great match, and um, for the first time in a long time, we actually have a, cl- a cliffhanger, which Vince Russo loves to talk about. Yeah, <laughs> a, a cliffhanger. You have a reason to watch. Yeah, not week. now. Next week, it's like okay, you want to know why Triple H did this? Because even Stephanie was in shock, and that's his wife. She probably didn't. Well, we know he was in the building, but he she didn't know. Apparently on TV, she didn't, she didn't know he was. Didn't know show he was up. coming. Yeah. Two things that, that you said that, that I want to touch on because one of the things I thought when I, I could tell that it was getting a crazy reaction from all of my friends who were watching, I started thinking, did they let Big Cass win? Because like, I was thinking, I was like, what would be the craziest possible thing? The crowd behind him too. And I was like, maybe they put it on Big Cass. And then I, the whole time I was hoping they didn't. Not that I don't like him, but you do not need to do that to that guy already. Yeah. You would put that him at a huge disadvantage to make him a champion that soon. Uh, the other thing is, like you mentioned, Owen's face. He did so many things so great in that last minute that they were on the air. His face when he was sitting in the corner looking at Triple H. The way he pinned Seth, like just laid back yeah, on and him. Looked at, and looked, looked and at was just H. looking up at Triple H like, I don't know what just happened. Yeah. And then his face afterwards. Obviously the celebration after was great. I, I think I talk about Vince Russo a little too much. He comes up in my columns pretty often. <laughs> he comes up on this show pretty often. And sometimes I really agree with him, and sometimes I don't. This is one of those things where he always talks about Owens not being a good worker, he's not in good shape. you got to give him credit for some things. Did you hear his podcast today? Of his I raw, did. Of his Raw Now and Then. Mm-mm. You know how he, how he talks about... Did you hit a pop for the title? Yeah. So now mm-hmm. he's saying Owens won a won. A, he didn't really win a match. He won a scripted title. Yeah. So I'm like, okay. So you're. Putting, I did see that he tweeted that. Yeah. So you're putting over what happened back then about the 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 um the moment of somebody winning a title. You put it over back then, but the mo- the moment Owens wins, you want to say it's not real. Yeah. Yeah. He he does not have a consistent viewpoint on these things. He always will favor what he did, and I can't fault him for that. I mean, I'd probably favor what I do over what if somebody else came along. If somebody takes my place on Matt Madness in five years, I'll probably like what I did better than whoever the new person is. Um, I also, to one, it was awesome that Owens won. 
I didn't really expect it. I thought there was a chance. Didn't see Triple H coming down. I thought that was cool. I loved that they let Corey Graves come out. Like, he was doing leading the promo at the beginning. That was great, yeah. Usually it would be Byron they throw in mm-hmm. there for something like that. I love that Graves was the one that got it. I'd like to see him get to do more of it. <laughs> Owen says, Corey, I love your show. Helps you go to yeah. sleep. <laughs> go to bed at night. <laughs> yeah, Corey Graves is the ultimate in, especially for WWE as a company, of taking lemons and making lemonade out of it. Yeah, but they don't let him talk on Raw, hardly. They don't, but he's a guy who wanted to be a wrestler. He was only 30 years old when his career ended. He thought he was done. They gave him a chance on commentary. He clearly has excelled at that. Now he hosts, what, two two or three shows on the WWE Network? Now yep. he's on Raw. He's getting more and more responsibility. I think he writes a column somewhere now. Mm-hmm. So he's a guy that you know, took a bad situation and turned it into a pretty good situation for himself. I have a, a lot of respect for Corey Graves. Is Seth Rollins a babyface now? That's, a, that's <laughs> another thing. That's another cliffhanger. Because I like what they did. Because... It, it, you it, you you have that question you have that question in your head. Why Triple H do it? Is Seth a babyface? What's gonna happen with Roman? That's a great way because t- technically, if, if if this is how they booked it, it's a genius move by genius move by WWE because you lose your 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 next big star babyface and Finn Balor for six months, and now you turn now and you find a way to turn the person the fans want to cheer but is a heel, you turn him face. That's a perfect way to put him in a situation. Now it gives you a whole different dynamic to the show because it's like I said last week, we're gonna do a clash of champions. Now apparently, it could be Owens Rollins, it could be Owens Rollins and Reigns in a triple threat because Rusev he's doing his second wedding, so yeah. that's why he's not, that's why he wasn't on Raw, and I don't think he's gonna be on next week Raw either. So you have so now, so now you actually have things to do and programming to play because like I said the fans want to cheer Seth Rollins, and now it now. Looking, looking forward, you kind of think that he's a baby face, and we have something to look forward to now on Raw on Monday night. Yeah, I'm, I'm very curious to see how that goes. Yeah. We have, so I have a listener comment question. So give me a minute to read all this. <laughs> it is, is someone trying to put themselves in? <laughs> Comments and questions from the face that runs the place, Joe Lafferty. Actually, the face that runs the place is Triple H. The end of Raw was good, but. It was about Triple H and Rollins more than the title. And Super Roman couldn't kick out of a pedigree on the floor, then being rolled into the ring. Doesn't he kick out of everything? So now in the last two weeks, we have identified the next two feuds for the McMahons. Lesnar for Shane and Rollins for Triple H. I really wish the titles were the main events and not the McMahons. Humor me, please. Does Owens feud? Who does Owens feud with while they focus on their real storyline, Triple H? Maybe we'll get Rollins and Reigns against Owens and Triple H. I actually wouldn't hate that. I'll admit that. Maybe we'll get a match with Rollins and Owens with interference from Triple H. How low on the card will an Owens title defense be? Savage and Flair didn't matter. WrestleMania 8 was about Hogan, Sid, and the Warrior. It's the same thing. Everything is about Triple H. I'm exhausted. That's a lot to digest. So the first thing I'll ask, do you feel like they made it too much about Triple H? Last night, no, because we still don't know anything. Last night, yet. Monday night. No, we don't. We still don't know anything yet. That's the cliffhanger. We don't know anything. So we until we hear from Triple H, we don't know how the situation is going to go. And like it could be Owens and Triple H against Rollins and Reigns, but you have Rollins, Reigns, the babyfaces, which we basically got screwed. So now you put yourself in a situation that you could probably have a triple threat and 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 have different match variations for Kevin Owens in the Universal Title. Um, trying to think now, where what do I want to go next with here? 
do you think do you think that they made the title mean less with what happened um like was the title not highlighted enough in that story no it, it was it was clearly about all the title because throughout the night they actually built up that it was about the title it, 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 they, they basically showed all four got all four guys and the fact that triple h made his return and helped kevin owens win the universal title because like i said no matter what how no no matter what raw raw ended the way we all kind of want no matter what we all wanted kevin owens win we're not we're we're not upset about the decision. We're happy Kevin Owens is the universal champion. So him being a champion is very is is very important. And back to him being a champion is, I'm really interested to see how he's going to be booked because I want Kevin Owens to be the like I love he's funny he's he's a great co- comedy act too. Champion of the universe. Yeah, champion of the universe. <laughs> I just want him to be like he was the NXT champion and when he came out to face John Cena. That's the kind of Kevin Owens I want. You can throw the com- sprinkle in some comedy here and there, but yeah. I want the more serious prize fighter Kevin Owens. I think you'll get that. I think the comedy you'll get from him will be more of the harsh variety of comedy, where he's making his comedy is at the expense of fans or things like that. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I have no idea where they're going to go, what Owens' next thing is. I don't know if he's going to come out and call somebody out. I don't know if somebody's going to come out and call him out. I don't know if he's now aligned with Triple H. I have no idea. I was kind of happy. You knew Triple H was coming back eventually. He was just not going to never be on TV. Yeah, but I wouldn't expect to see him on Raw. Yeah, I was I was pleasantly surprised. I liked the way it was executed. It made sense on multiple levels. Do you think this Triple H-Rollins feud kicks off immediately, or do you think they kind of slowly build it for a bigger event down the road? Well, I, I'm not sure because they have these – brand specific pay-per-views now so it's like it's harder to book ahead because yeah. everything's so close together now so they can't hold it off because I, I would think they want to I think I would think they want to hold it off by, by Wrestlemania but I think they will want Seth Rollins in a main well you know Wrestlemania everything is a main event so it really doesn't so it really doesn't matter but uh, I'm not sure maybe it could be a part of one of the Raw pay-per-views but or but I'm not sure because is they're, they're in, in a tough booking situation now because of these brand specific, brand specific pay-per-views what was the, we had a question about Owens, right? Yeah. Somebody. Um, question from the Lethal J Vargas. He okay. wants to know who else other than Seth and Seth and Roman do you think Owens could feud with for the Universal Title? I'll tell you who I want, Chris Jericho. Did you see his tweet? <laughs> no, I didn't. Oh wait, that we're going to make a great champion. Or yeah, it's <laughs> so good. Yeah, Y two J firing on all cylinders in the ring, on the microphone, and even on social media. I loved that. That he said. You know, basically, me and Kevin Owens are going to make a great Universal Champion. I think he's, he's like, taking some credit for Owens being the Universal Champion. I think he's going to dump Jericho next week, and I can't wait. I'm going to laugh so hard. Yeah, I don't know if it's going to happen immediately, and I hate to do this to you because I know how much you hate it, but I did see the, the dirt sheet reports that they were planning on having Jericho in some type of triple threat match with Owens. I don't remember who else it was. Was it for live events? No, I think it was for one of the pay, one of the next two pay-per-views right. for Raw. Right. Like I said, it's, it's, it's hard to do it because it's like, you have you can't you have to book so much now because these brand, brand specific pay per views. Yeah, Lethal J. Do you, do you have an answer for that? I want to see Jericho. That's who I want. That's who I hope. Well, with well, football. with the fact that Owens is champion, it's, you, you kind of would expect him to have a lease of couple month reign. So it's like I don't know if it'll go back to the Sami Zayn well because they, they keep saying it had to end. So I'm not sure. Even Kevin Owens. Yeah, I love Sami Zayn, but I don't. I don't want to see that right now. Yeah, I don't either. But it's, it's hard because they don't have. They don't really have anybody. What they did was they t- they turned their top heel, up, 
as a top baby face. So it's like, that's what you're probably going to get going forward. You probably get him and Seth, and then you get him and Roman. You might get a triple threat, and then you go, and maybe he'll drop the title by that time, but it's still, it's still up in the air. Yeah. Uh, anything else you wanted to say about the Universal Championship or any of the four guys in that match before we move on? Well, Hunter's back. <laughs> I knew you'd be happy about that. Uh, women, women's division and the tag division were all intertwined last night. Uh, Did you not like Bailey and the New Day together? No, that was that was, the se- that was the second best part of Raw. <laughs> Other than Kevin Owens, but that's the second best part of Raw. And then Dana Brooke, Dana Brooke just messed it up. See, I actually thought Dana was a little better with Gallows and Anderson than she's been with Charlotte. Get they're they're already horrible. Get, get her away from them. I loved Dana saying something about you know like bring it. And Bailey said already been brought. And the new day you know went off when that she said that. Did you notice Big E was rocking a tag team title? Yeah. Tag team title belt. Yeah. But Gals and Anderson, they're already they're they're they don't they're, they're they already look bad. Don't drop Dana Brooke on him. Dana Brooke comes in with the with the with the doctor mask and, like, <laughs> and, and, and it, she she made me hate to too sweet anymore. <laughs> she too sweet at them. I was just like, stop. Yeah, I didn't mind it, but I did think that Bailey and the New Day were a perfect fit. Yeah, how how fun's Bailey been in two weeks? Great. Uh, I thought they were a lot of fun together. I think her personality with their personality is a perfect match. Here's another thing I hope. Because a lot of times they'll throw Sasha with the New Day backstage for different stuff. I guess they're friends, but mm-hmm. hopefully this keeps Sasha and the New Day apart. But they haven't done that in a long time. They haven't, but I don't want anything resembling Team Bad ever again for her. <laughs> so hopefully, because Bailey, like I said, it's a perfect fit. It's a lot of fun. They're really funny together. It brings like out a different element to Bailey. Well, it fits Bailey because she's like a super fan, so it's like she like legit marked out. Even yeah. when she came and she's like, "Hi, I'm Bailey," and hug and hug the agent, and it's just like oh, the new day. Yeah, like like that, that's just, that's her. That's not Sasha. Right. Yeah, it, it fits her more. They fit well together. Charlotte on commentary during this match. They showed Sasha from the Raw pre-show. She was clearly there. She was there. Yeah, talking about how Charlotte. You know, she needed her daddy to beat me. She needed Dana to beat me. Now she needed to try to injure me to beat me. I guess she's going to get a title shot immediately when she comes back. But I, I don't... I'm not a big fan of them using that storyline that she tried to injure her. Well, Because my- I don't think... I don't think you should be using accidentally dropping somebody on their head as a storyline. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I'm not a fan... Of that, and what did you think of that aspect of the show? Well, Sasha in the promo, she said, "I'll be back better than ever," and and um, you can't have your daddy and Dana with you. But and Charlotte, because basically, sometimes they make baby faces out to look real silly, and they and they kind of make no sense. So Sasha too so, often, yes, yeah, so, yeah. So they did to Sasha last night. So Charlotte basically just destroyed to say, "I beat you without Dana and my dad." So I'm glad she did that, but. I can't. I think when Sasha gets back, we're going to get the slow build to the heel turn, and I cannot wait because I think Bailey's. On, it's kind of clear Bailey's in the shot of Clash of Champions for the title. I don't think she'll win that. I think Sasha, when Sasha gets back, she'll get her rematch at Hell in a Cell, and I think it'll be a triple threat. And I think Bailey wins there, and then have Sasha go off to the side. Maybe a few with Nia Jax. Maybe Emma comes back, have her do a side feud, and then when Bailey's done with Charlotte. Then you get that heel turn because it could basically be be off of jealousy. How you all, how you all pop me? How, how the fans forgot all about me when I was gone? And you have my title. Yeah. Because 
as beloved as Sasha is, nobody's going to cheer for her over Bailey, because Bailey's so endearing and beloved. Not to well. mention, when she wants it, she can get that heat. Yeah. Now she was in a position when she came in, where she was kind of turned, she kind of turned babyface in NXT. Mm-hmm. Then she went up to WWE. She played a great heel in Brooklyn. You know, it was against Bailey, but people had been cheering Sasha, you know, for months, cheering her at the beginning of that match, and by the end, she was getting booed. Same thing, the Iron Man match. Like, that crowd turned on her by the end. She's good at getting that heat when she wants to get it. It's just a matter of having her play that role, which she hasn't gotten a chance to play. Yeah. They're letting her play the, the HBK child, you know, boyhood dream angle. Yeah, let's lately. hope let's hope she pulls the HBK heel, kind of heel turn. Yeah, which I, I think she can do. Yeah, because like that book and I have like I said the site like the like the like the triple threat, I'd be <clears> Helen <throat> a cell and then maybe a side feud with somebody. That can get you released till January. Yeah. Late late December Jan- to January. Like that, that that's that can get you till there. And then you know they like to save their big match for WrestleMania. Now, do you think Bailey Sasha is your WrestleMania match or are you going to throw a, have a multi-woman match like you always like like you try to do to have as many people on the card as possible. If I had to put money on it, I'd say they're going to do a multi-person yeah. match. I think they need to stop doing that. Uh, well, see, this is the thing. Like, the way they see it is it's like, okay, these guys work hard all year round. This is everybody's dream. Let's try to get everybody on the card. I don't like it all the time. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. But it, but in some situations, it works. So, yeah, some situation it works. But to me, it, it waters everything down. Yeah. Intercontinental Championship has, that, been, that fought, didn't happen. has been fought by what? 13 guys in the last two years yeah. and it's, it's a ladder match with six guys it's just way too much going on yeah. you'll get some good spots and some crazy stuff happens but it's impossible to follow the women's triple threat match this year I thought was awesome I loved that those three women got that stage to yeah. shine on but to me Wrestlemania, if that, that's your biggest show of the year you should be putting your biggest Stars, your biggest storylines on that show. Not just, let's throw everybody in there and give everybody a shot on there. Not, and you know, I'm not one to boo wrestlers. I'm not one to hate on wrestlers. I appreciate everything they do. But not everybody deserves that stage. Mm-hmm. It should be a special stage for a select few people. Maybe I'm a little bit being a little... No, it, maybe I'm being a hater over here. No, no, no you're not being a hater. <laughs> not being a hater. No, I, 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 understand, I understand your point. If, if that, if I was booking, I would do that too. But sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But in a situation, like you said, these, these brand specific pay per views now. So it's like you have to put up, put up all this programming. So you, so the things you want to hold off for, you might not be able to. Yeah. And, and, and that's a match you probably won't be able to hold off to. It'll, it'll be tough. And I, I think they're going to slowly realize that. Yeah. Like, I hope this whole thing doesn't backfire that in six months mm-hmm. they don't know what they're doing anymore. Yeah. Not that they necessarily know what they're doing right now, but... Well, I'm available for hire. <laughs> <laughs> you want, we'll, have to, we'll have to set you up and give give them your resume yeah. next week. Yeah. On next week's show. Expected, Vince. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing else really with the women. We had another Nia Jax squash match. Again, some girl from Houston. I don't remember what her name was. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty much the, the beginning and the end of the women's division. Four people get on the show, and that's it. Stephanie and Heyman, what did you think of their segment together? <laughs> it was interesting. I, I, I love Heyman just 
throwing the money, count, throwing the singles. One, <laughs> two. I like that. But all that for an yeah, apology. Stack of five hundred. Yeah. All that for an apology. What I liked about it was how much he sucked up to Stephanie. Mm-hmm. I like that he apologized to Stephanie because we put you in a bad position. Not we're apologizing for what we did to Shane. Yeah, we're apologizing in, for what we did to you. Yeah, put her in a bad position with the. And board. then he sucked up to her so much, saying you're you know you're the one true heir to the McMahon throne. <laughs> you're the only one that could inherit this dynasty, to the point where she had to accept the apology, because Stephanie has gotten kind of kicked around a lot since WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. She had to deal with all that stuff with Shane every week, with Shane getting the cheers, her getting booed, Vince kind of losing faith in her, Vince squaring them off against each other. So she's almost at a point where she kind of has to take the compliments people give her. Mm-hmm. She's, you know, she's playing second fiddle to Mick a lot of time in the crowd's eyes. But, yeah, it, it was longer than it needed to be for an apology. Although... I'm not going to complain anytime I get Paul Heyman. Yeah, of course not. And with Brock Lesnar not being there, it's good to get some excuse to see him. Mm-hmm. They're doing the the rematch of Brock and Orton on a live show. I guess it's going to be on the network. Like one of I don't those. know. I'm not sure. It's not, not advertised. Cause that's, that's the night before um, Clash of Champions. So I doubt uh, that. Yeah, so it might not be that. I didn't realize that it was that, that night. Mm-hmm. I believe we had a question from somebody about Brock yeah, and yeah. Randy. It was a, it was a, it was something to think about. I'll give you that. <laughs> this is from Tyrell, the Roadblock Miles. <laughs> uh, he says, "Hey guys, you all might think I've been drinking, drinking a little too much, <laughs> but in a crazy way." I actually saw this. It made me laugh. <laughs> but in a crazy way, I think that Brock Lesnar versus Randy Orton match on SummerSlam was this generation's Montreal screw drop, because that finish felt so real that you had people calling calling for Brock to be suspended or fired because they thought he went off script and tried to legit hurt Randy. To me, it was very well done. You guys agree or disagree? So you know how I felt that night. I was not happy with the finish. One, just kind of tired of Brock. Same old thing every time he's out there. He disappears for three, four months, comes back, does the same thing again. And I didn't think you needed to bust open Randy Orton like that. But the more I thought about it, and this is actually kind of what my column was about this week, is WWE seems to be putting a focus on making us not be quite too sure what's real and what's not. Like, maybe this is real. Mm -hmm. And the fact that fans are so much smarter now than they ever have been before, it is very hard to elicit the reactions from the fans that you used to get. So maybe the way for them to do it, Billy Corgan, who's now the president of TNA, mm-hmm. has said to Vince Russo before, you can't, kayfabe is dead, you can't get the reaction to stories you used to get. You almost either have to go more real or more fantasy because people are not going to buy the same old thing anymore. So I, I think WWE is putting an emphasis on making us question whether what we're seeing really happened, whether it was a shoot, you know, the Brock Lesnar finish, the Miz promo on Daniel Bryan a couple weeks ago. This is another thing I wrote about. Even AJ and Cena, there was kind of an element of realism to it in that Cena has been the biggest figure in wrestling for the last 10 years. A lot of fans resent him for that. A lot of other wrestlers resent him for that. You have AJ Styles. All the people who hate Cena the most 
probably love AJ the most. So it was like the the guy that the hardcore wrestling fan can't stand and the guy that the hardcore wrestling fan loves actually meeting, and that's almost like as real of a story as you can tell. AJ being resentful of, you know, if I would have been signed by WWE, I'd be in your shoes. If you were in my shoes, you wouldn't have accomplished everything I accomplished outside of WWE. You only accomplished it here. So I think that they're really embracing the idea of making things feel more real. So I've, in the last 10 days, have kind of turned around on a little bit, and I kind of like the way that that finished. Now I'm curious to see what your thoughts on it are. Well, hmm. That match didn't really do anything for me. Like I've heard people saying that they like that they like the ending, but when it comes to basically, do you think if we were watching it at home instead of there with that crowd, that kind of took the wind out of our sails a little bit? Do you think you might have felt any different? Possibly, because we actually paid for those seats. <laughs> <laughs> so, but the thing with is, do you think it's a shoot? Is because of the fact that. Brock's a shoot fighter. He's a UFC fighter. So you kind of you kind of think this is real. And and busting Randy Orton open is something that you kind of think Brock Lesnar would legit do. So mm-hmm. that's why people feel feel more it's more of a shoot than it was scripted. Now like I, now another thing is I've also hear, been seeing people saying that possibly Orton bladed before the match to get just, and they just put put um what Vaseline over it so it wouldn't so it wouldn't bleed and then Orton his Lesnar could just cut it up himself cut it cut it cut it open. I don't think that happened. Because I think people on TV would have seen if he had a cut on his head already. I I mean, I was watching the big screen uh-huh. at the moment it happened. I was kind of going back and forth, looking at the ring and looking up. I happened to be looking at the screen at that moment. And I mean, I saw clear as day that he elbowed him in the head. Yeah, because yeah, you were telling I mean, me. I mentioned it to you. Yeah. And I even told you, I said, I am wondering if Brock was booked to lose tonight. Mm-hmm. And he decided, you know what, I don't want to. And he did that <laughs> because it was it was it came off as a confusing finish to the match. Yeah. And I told you once Shane came out and took the F five, I was like, okay, I kind of feel like this is real, but maybe Shane came down because he didn't know what else to do. Uh huh. So. Well, well, like I said last. Full Jericho even. Or <laughs> <laughs> like I said last week, it's like okay, maybe he wasn't supposed to be TKO, but Shane was supposed to come down when the match ended anyway. Yeah. Was there something in there about the Montreal screw job that we didn't mention? Is it Was this the, this generation's Montreal screw job? I'll say no only because it didn't rock the wrestling world the way that did. Yeah, I agree. If Brock was going to be on Raw the next night and Randy was going to be on the same show as they could have made it similar if certain circumstances were different. Unfortunately, you're not going to see Brock for months. Randy's on SmackDown anyway. So I don't think they'll be able to get the legs out of it that the Montreal Screwjob did. But what I will say is that they did get a lot of attention from it. They got a lot of buzz from that. Yeah, like you said. Some of it negative, some of it positive, but it got a reaction. Yeah, like you said, if if it was a follow-up to what happened the night before at UFC. Yeah. How that was a a bloody fight with Yeah. Yeah, they say, oh, everybody's talking about all the blood in the McGregor Diaz fight. Let's have blood on an arm an arm main event. Yeah, it, it could have been that. It could have been. I mean, the Miz, the Miz promo, to me that that got even more buzz than the Lesnar Orton thing. Yeah, I think just because Daniel Bryan is so beloved, and he went after like 
a really sore subject for Daniel Bryan and a lot of his fans. Like, how many baby faces have you seen generate the kind of sympathy Daniel Bryan did during that <laughs> promo? Because he's, what can he do? Yeah. Because <laughs> everybody feels bad for him that he can't wrestle anymore. Yeah. Everybody's still sad that they don't get to watch him anymore. And now the dirt is reporting that he's that he's not out yet. Yeah, like, I I don't see car that. and angle. <laughs> yeah, I don't see that happening at all. Not a whole. Hell of a lot else really happened on Raw. Jericho got a win over Neville via the Lion Tamer, which you don't see too often. That was a good match. Yeah, it was a good match. I was happy to see the Lion Tamer, one of my favorite finishers. Maybe, just maybe, they're giving Jericho matches he can win to help build him up to be a credible threat to Kevin Owens' Universal Championship. Is he trying to face? I don't think he has to be. It's weird because well, if it's a both guys threat. are heels and both guys can cheer. <laughs> well, if it's a triple threat, he can stay heel. Yeah. I would like to see them at least do like a three-week build and a one-on-one match at one pay-per-view. I would mm-hmm. love to see that. I think Jericho at least deserves another one-on-one title match, if not. Yeah. And that could be, that could be especially because he finally brought back Drink It In Man last <laughs> yeah, night. Yeah, I was waiting for it. That was so funny. He's like, you know what you know he's going to get? You know he's going to get it, Phyllis. Felipe. Felipe. <laughs> it. No, you stupid idiot. <laughs> it, what does that even mean? What does that mean? It. I'm going to give him what he wants. I'm going to give him what all these people need. The gift of Jericho. Drink, Drink it, it in, man. I thought he moved past it because I haven't heard Me it too. a while. I, I was glad that he has not. I was, ha- <laughs> I was, I was happy to see it. Zane. Sami Zayn beat uh, Jinder Mahal. Ginger Mahal? Ginger. I was going to ask you. What was it that she called him? I couldn't remember. Ginger Mahal. <laughs> Sheamus goes up 2-0 on Cesaro, and are the reports true that Cesaro got injured? I'm not sure, but that looked rough. What happened? Because I didn't even see it. Well, ha- well, they were on the outside, and, and um, Sheamus did a backdrop, but it was he was so close to the ring post, Sheamus, Cesaro he did a backdrop into the ring post. Ah. Uh, yeah, so, okay. Hopefully he's not really hurt. Mm-hmm. Because I definitely want the thrilling conclusion to this Best of Seven series. <laughs> I know it's going to be going on until February, but uh huh. <laughs> but, uh, but, but well, Dan, you said it's for a future title shot now. It is. We don't know which title. We yeah. don't know if it's for the championship of the universe or if it's for <laughs> the, the U.S. title. We have no idea. I didn't think this was the best episode overall, but I thought that that main story made it a great show. Yeah, and then like I said, Bailey too. She made like when Bailey got on screen, I was just completely entertained. Yeah. Like after that moment, like she, they, they had a couple, like their match was like with was the two segments and then the new, the regular, the bad stage segment, it, it kept my attention. Yeah, raw did. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, it was fun. And that's what it's supposed to be. Yeah. The the other comment I have before we move on to SmackDown, I'll let you if you have anything else to say about Raw, we can talk about it. But one of the things I really enjoyed about this main event segment is one of the things I always talk about when we do Throwback Madness. When you're in the Attitude Era, that crowd just seems so much more lively and energetic. And that's how I felt about this crowd. That crowd was awesome. It was great. It was awesome. And I don't know if Houston is known to be a great wrestling crowd. Yeah, because I didn't notice it. But I thought they were awesome. They were awesome. And I think it was just that people truly did not know what was going to happen. If that was a one-on-one match four months ago, and you knew for a fact Roman was going to win, that crowd would not have been that way. That crowd would have been booing and groaning through the whole thing. The fact that nobody knew, I thought, brought out a level of excitement in the crowd, which makes it translate even better on TV. So hopefully they can find a way to keep us guessing. 
and they they don't always they're not always good at doing that. But I thought they did a great job of it on Monday. And hats off to whoever was uh, writing and booking that angle because I mean, it was a last minute scramble. Really, yeah. none of that was supposed to happen. Yeah, <laughs> they left us with cliffhanger. They they make us want to watch Raw now next week. Yeah. Oh, we got cruiserweights. More cruiserweight news. Gargano, Ciampa, and Cedric Alexander. Hey, cousin. Are they definitely gonna, Are they definitely going to be on Raw? Well, they show in the in the cruiserweight vignette. They showed Gargano, Ciampa, and Cedric Alexander like like, like last week. And when do they come? September what? The nineteenth. The Go Home Show, Clash of Champions. Okay. And we have no idea if they're going to be on that show or not. No, not yet. I'm sure they'll probably show a title, in somehow some like crown champion at at Clash of Champions probably. That's just a guess. Think there's any chance they'll do a network special tournament like they did with King of the Ring two years don't ago talk, that nobody talk, watched? Don't talk about it. That was the worst. Oh, that was the worst tournament. Ever. <laughs> it was. Bad. I was so excited because I love King of the Ring. I know. It, it was a staple of my, of my childhood, <laughs> and they just did that. Yeah, it was all. And it, and it meant nothing. <laughs> well, you mean it didn't skyrocket? It didn't skyrocket. Wade Barrett to New Heights. Don't next. Don't give. All he story. did was lose when he was yeah. king. So I'm ready to move on to SmackDown. Is there anything else about Raw that you uh, wanted to mention? Good job. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I'll second that. So SmackDown, we are one show removed from the first SmackDown brand-exclusive pay-per-view backlash. The show has kind of come into focus a little bit. Top story, obviously. Dean Ambrose as the WWE World Champion against AJ Styles. I didn't necessarily love every single thing they did with AJ on SmackDown, but I love seeing him so cocky backstage wearing that never give up headband. I love when he came out to the ring. That was awesome. I was like, I was like he's got it. He does. As this, this heel, he is incredible. I don't want to say phenomenal, but... He's great as this arrogant heel, kind of like swaggering around. Yeah, and they had Greg Hamilton call him out as the face <laughs> that runs the place. Yeah. It sounds so good. I loved... So, he runs into Apollo Crews and he acts like he doesn't know who he is. And he says, my name is Apollo Crews, C-R-E-W-S. AJ calls him out, what do you think this is, a spelling bee? I am the face that runs the P-L-A-T. <laughs> so good. That was a funny little segment. They were obviously going to have a match later in the night, which AJ won. Ambrose has a match with Corbin. But before that, AJ comes out on commentary. And someone named Gary the Milkman Millman. Who was that? I don't know who he was. But this led to one of my favorite moments of SmackDown. When he said, basically anybody backstage who wants to get some, come out. And then he started taking off his suit. <laughs> Why he came out in a suit? He's a milkman, but he's wearing a suit. A shirt and tie. I have no idea. But he took off the suit down to his underwear, and they all commented on the fact that he was wearing tidy whities And I love that AJ, and I don't know if everybody heard it, but I love that AJ chimed in with those are tidy whities Of course they are. I don't know why that made me laugh so hard, but of course they are. Like, of course, that's what this guy would be wearing right now. Kane comes down and decimates him. Then him and Baron Corbin cross pads on the way out. Is Baron Corbin going to be on a match with Kane? Well, he was being up. He was being up Kalisto for three weeks. So I, I know. I think, one, that was I think he's injured. Kalisto. I, I, didn't, I didn't hear that, so I'm not I, sure. I think I but I, I don't want to see him and Kane. Me neither. If, if that, it was that'll Kane, do him no good. If it was Kane from 2002, that'd be great. That'd be awesome. But, but now, that'll no. do him no good. Uh, Corbin wins by DQ because AJ gets involved. Smart by protecting him. Yeah, the thing that I didn't like that they did with 
AJ was him falling on the ropes. Yeah. And the and you know I love silliness more than anybody. <laughs> I don't think there was a place for that there because you've built AJ as the guy who beat John Cena. The face that runs the place. You built him up as like he's the best guy in the company right now based on the fact that he beat John Cena at SummerSlam. Clean, fair and square, kicked out of a an AA from the top rope. And then you have him you know, falling on the top rope going, oh, you know. It, and then he was still selling it on Talking Smack. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't watch it. Um, yeah, I, I didn't think they needed to do that. But I'll give Ambrose credit that he shined in that minute that he was on the ropes like <laughs> that. Like, patting him on the back uh-huh. and bouncing him up and down on the ropes. <laughs> I thought that was funny. But I feel like AJ deserved better than that. Yeah. Like to me, that does nothing to build towards the match, and you only have one more show to do it. Yeah, it's just like the soda, the, the popcorn and soda in your face mm-hmm. to Rollins. Yeah, I I didn't think there was any need for it. But what were your thoughts on the overall AJ Styles performance on? Smash? Oh, it was awesome. I I was smiling every time I saw AJ Styles. Him wearing that headband is awesome. The way he had Greg Hamilton introduce him, <laughs> that was awesome. But I'm I'm very intrigued about the match because. I came I came on the show a few weeks ago on my Roman rant saying how can you really hate Roman Reigns, yeah. and I'm like I'm like okay so AJ's had mat- great matches with everybody this year Jericho Roman Cena and whoever almost every pay per view match he's had in 2016, or at least 75 percent of them probably could be candidates for match of the year. Yeah, exactly. Now see another thing now the fact that he has a match with Dean it's like okay compare this goes back to my Roman Dean thing Dean. Ever since the Shields split up, arguably, he hasn't really had good matches other than his stuff with Seth. Yeah, in the Triple H match. Yeah, in the Triple H match. So it's like, okay, so he's with AJ now. If he, like, he has to get a good match with AJ. Because, quite frankly, that's, that's what I'm saying. A, Dean has done nothing, really haven't had anything good except for Seth since the Shield's broken up. So I'm really interested to see what the match is going to look like because, like I said, Dean hasn't, have, hasn't had great great matches, anything to brag about. Like, I like Dean Ambrose, but he's not, not at the top, top of my list. Yeah. So, in this situation with AJ, and AJ's proven that he's put on phenomenal, phenomenal performances, no pun intended. Mm-hmm. So, I'm hoping that this Dean Ambrose versus AJ Styles thing will be something to follow. Will that tell you anything about Dean Ambrose if this match isn't great? It's not even me. It's just the the, the, the fans, the IWC. Like, you boo Roman for what? You, AJ's awesome. He and AJ had awesome matches. And Roman's had better matches than Dean Ambrose has had since the Shield split up. Like I said, it's only the Seth stuff. You just said something that made something pop into my head. You just brought up the IWC booing Roman. So, to me, the IWC, who are supposed to be the guys who just love the wrestling aspect of it, we hate Cena because he can't wrestle. We hate Roman because he can't wrestle. But those guys can wrestle. They're just not Sami Zayn. They're just not Seth Rollins. Not everybody's going to be. Yeah, they weren't in Ring of Honor. So, (laughs) that group of people who champions the form of wrestling, you'll boo a guy who's putting on better matches than the guy you're cheering in Dean Ambrose. To me, that's you're kind of losing all credibility with your argument. Yeah, exactly. Like that guy who said on the way out of summer's like, oh, it's hard to believe. You know, John <laughs> Cena was in the match of the night with AJ Styles. It's like every match that guy's in is in contention for match of the night. Yeah. 
like I said, I didn't like Cena. I stopped watching for a long time because of the, the very idea of John Cena. And then when I started really paying attention to him when he had the U.S. title, his matches on Raw every week were incredible. Yeah. And slowly, he won me over. I was like, how do I not like this guy? Yeah. I don't like the character. I don't like the promos and all that. And sometimes they're good. They're kind of repetitive and redundant. But his matches are always good. And if you are the quote-unquote wrestling fan that likes the wrestling, you should appreciate the wrestling that he's doing. Yeah. Same with Roman Reigns. Yeah, and Roman has a... I can't recall Roman having a bad match, and but, but Dean Ambrose, I can name a whole list. Yeah. Well, the, uh, the <laughs> asylum, asylum match, match. Worst match of the year. SummerSlam match wasn't good. Yeah. The match with Lesnar, which probably wasn't his fault, yeah. but... But he hasn't done anything to brag about. And Roman, Roman's... I could name a bunch of Roman Reigns matches. He carried the Big Show to a he got a match out of the Big Show. That was show. a really good match. I even liked his. Um, I don't remember what show it was on. Did he have a Hell in a Cell with Bray Wyatt? Yeah, a Hell in a Cell. Yeah. That, I thought that was even a great match. Yeah, I, thought, I love that match. Yeah, yeah, Roman. Yeah, get off his back. It, it's getting old. Yeah, the hating Roman Reigns. Yeah, that, that, that's just me. It's it's a it's it's a it's a it's a fair statement because you're booing Reigns for what when, when you when the ma- guy puts on matches, but you'll cheer Dean Ambrose and Dean Ambrose hasn't done anything special. I understand yeah. it's different characters and the the whole call shove down your throat thing, but that's wrestling. That's that, it happens in every generation. Mm-hmm. But don't but I don't know why you boo Roman but cheer Ambrose because yeah. Roman's had better matches since the shield's broken up. Yeah, not not to mention it. It kind of is their job to pick who they think is going to be the star and then. Try to make that work. The the like you said you said it last week. I've said it numerous times. The problem with Roman Reigns is the way he's been, the material he's been given, not necessarily him personally. And unfortunately, people think it's him personally, which is kind of silly. I mentioned talking smack. Well, for, actually, before I say that, do you have any doubt? Because we were not very good on our predictions, either one of us, for SummerSlam. I feel like we were we were wrong more than we were right about mm-hmm. SummerSlam. Do you have any doubt about AJ winning the championship at Backlash? I would think AJ would have to win because he has so much momentum right now, and then the fact that he's being portrayed as a well, he's portraying himself as a face who runs the place. I think it's time for him to win the title. To me, what you did at SummerSlam was a total waste if he yeah. doesn't win. So you have to pull the trigger on him. You have to do it now. Like I said, he's not twenty-three. He's not even twenty-nine. He's thirty-nine. If you're going to make this guy a big star in your company. You have to do it right this second. Talking smack. So the reason why I wanted to transition to this, because maybe the biggest thing that ever happened on Talking Smack so far was the Miz's promo on Daniel Bryan. They addressed it last night. I thought they had a real opportunity to turn this into a big story. Big story for the Miz, big story for the Intercontinental Championship. And then it just turned into a pretty generic promo with Dolph Ziggler. Really? I feel like they dropped the ball. On this, I agree to a certain to a certain extent. Like I feel like they could have pushed this thing even further, and instead they just said, "Okay, we got some heat on the Miz. Let's just throw him out there first, and okay, what are we gonna do with him? Oh, we'll just have Dolph Ziggler out there, and just Dolph Ziggler go out like he always does and say he's gonna beat him." To me, you could have done something much much better with this story than what they did. But now I'm curious to see where you agree and where you disagree. Okay, now see, I agree they could have did something better, but I like the well. I like the whole promo because even before the, before his music even hit, Miz was already walking out of the ring. His music, music didn't even hit yet. I like that he was straight business talking about his being the Intercontinental title, yeah. like the relevancy. 
and just just shoot, he just shoot on the company saying he, he does all the movies the commercials the public appearances and just because I didn't wrestle in the Indies you don't you don't like me love that I had that in my notes yeah that that was great now see where I do think they dropped the ball was and I understand why is Daniel Bryan can't wrestle if Daniel Bryan can wrestle you can actually build off of that but he since he can't wrestle all he can do is kind of put Miz in a match and which which he kind of did so here's my response to that the show opened with Daniel Bryan kind of being told by Shane, you can't do this, you can't get in the talent's face like that. So Daniel Bryan's been told to back off. Couldn't you have Daniel Bryan go out to apologize on the show? And then The Miz can keep kind of goading Daniel Bryan. How much heat is he going to get if Daniel Bryan is, is portrayed as a defenseless guy and The Miz keeps coming at him, coming at him, coming at him, and you know Daniel Bryan can't do anything? I see your point, yeah. That's not, that's good. That's a good point. And they said, I think they even they were promoting it on Raw that Daniel Bryan was going to address the situation, and he didn't. He he addressed it on Talking Smack. Mm-hmm. Why didn't you put it on your actual show? To me, that would have been a better segment than having Dolph Ziggler come out and just say, "Well, I'm I'm going to beat you, Miz," because that's what Dolph Ziggler always does. Well, I, I like when when. When when Ziggler came out saying the fans see right through you, that's why they don't like you. Yeah, because that you was just, good. You just want to be famous. And Ziggler had good moments in there. Yeah, Zig, yeah, he did. But he to had, me, there was a better story to tell. Yeah, yeah, there was a better story to tell from from your point because I I do like what you said. But Ziggler just he kind of shot on this too because he's like you basically want you just want to be famous. The fans see right through you. Mm-hmm. And I'm, the reason I, they had Ziggler come out because I mentioned this mentioned this last week because when you're a champ when you're a champion as a heel. He, Miz does his job as a champion as a heel. He rubs in your face. He's Intercontinental Champion. He keeps talking about how, how long he's been Intercontinental Champion, and, and, and how, he, how he's going to bring the belt back to relevancy. But you need the top babyface that you want to beat him to be, beat him to, in order to get to get him more heel heat. And on the roster, there's no babyface, no top babyfaces. AJ is a heel. Ambrose is the World Champion. Who else are you going to have? And the only other person they had was Ziggler. And I mentioned that last mm-hmm. week. I thought he would face Ziggler because he's the only person that can do nothing that the fans yeah. care about. So. In that regard, I like how Ziggler challenged him to a fight, and then Miz reluctantly, well, he he looked like he was going to fight, but didn't. He backed away, and then Ziggler called him a coward. Now, and then Brian on Talking Smack, he booked the Intercontinental title match for Backlash. That was another thing. The whole thing with the Miz being triggered by the word coward, it's almost like Marty McFly in Back to the Future. Every time somebody calls him a chicken, he can't help himself. He's got to prove that he's not a chicken. It's like the Miz has to prove that he's not a coward all the time. And I, I think they could. This could be well done because one of the things Miz said when he came out, he said all these serial failures. Like all these guys. As soon as he said serial failures, I knew Ziggler was going to come down because that's how he's been portrayed. Mm-hmm. Is that you have you just keep failing all the time. And Ziggler is a guy who clearly loves wrestling, loves WWE. So he is a good kind of opposite to the Miz who, yeah, you want to be famous. You just want to be on the red carpet. You just want to be doing movies. You're using this as your platform to do something else, whereas this is all I want to do. But I just think they they could have gone a better way with it. And then Daniel Bryan apologized on Talking Smack. Miz wasn't even there. It just I felt like they they should have done better based on all the attention it got. Yeah. They didn't capitalize on it. You know how much I love Bray Wyatt? Well, I got one more thing oh, yeah, about the, um, the Miz thing. Mm-hmm. Did you happen to read Cody Rhodes' article, interview on Bleacher Report? No, I didn't. He wrote it or he was interviewed? He was interviewed on Bleacher okay. Report for Bleacher Report. So they asked him, they asked, did you, um, did you have any ideas with you and your wife to be on TV? And Cody said, 
yeah, I pitched me and Eden to be an on-screen couple, but they did it with somebody else instead of me and Eden. <laughs> did you ever see the thing Banks Industries or whatever? Or not Banks, uh, Rhodes Industries or something like that? I've heard of it. They look it up. I mean, I'll have to text you after we get out of here. Um, maybe we could even post it on Facebook. I don't know if it was recorded by WWE. I don't know if he recorded it. Was it Tyler Breeze and Dillinger? No, it was Cody and Eden. Okay. And basically, it was almost, it was all bordering on like he was like a Lex Luthor type character. Uh huh. And she was obviously his wife and like supporting him. But it was it was going to be, I assume, some type of heel, arrogant heel character that he's this like successful, like good looking, well dressed guy. Maybe even similar a little bit to what Bobby Roode is in NXT. To steal a phrase from you, we'll get to that later. <laughs> but I was like, why didn't they do this? Yeah, and then he also it had would have been interesting. Then he also had another pitch saying Eden was going to try to bring Cody back. He, he was still starting. Yeah. She was going to try to bring Cody back, and then she would kind of fall into a Harley Quinn phase where she falls for the darkness. Again, why did they do that? <laughs> it's better than anything they did yeah. with Stardust. And it's a shame because Cody, you could have done that character to almost anybody. Yeah. And it would have just been stupid. Whereas there were times when he made that character good. I thought the stuff with Neville last summer was good. Even the stuff with Stephen Amell I thought was entertaining. He's going to be on Arrow. Yeah, is he? Yes, okay. he's on episode cool. three. I thought that... And he... He changes his persona in the ring. Even the way he wrestles is different as that character than when he was Cody. Yeah, the mannerisms and everything. Yeah, he he was so invested in that character. I'm still pissed about that because he deserved a lot better from them. Yeah, and now he's blown up on the Indies. He's going to be at Ring of Honor, um, final battle in December, and he just I know he he just finished wrestling Kurt Angle. And know him and his wife Brandy. She's she's his valet now. And he just finished fighting Mike Bennett a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Maria. It's uh, it's a shame that, that that worked out the way it did. And I, I don't have any doubt he'll probably be back in WWE at some point. I feel like everybody ultimately wants to be there that's in this industry. So I can't imagine that he won't eventually be. He's only 30 or 31, I think. So he's got plenty of time to go back. But, yeah, I, I think that they mishandled that. Yeah. I may have to read that. Yeah, because he had, like, in the short, what was it about? About a six? I wouldn't even... Four out of six years, he had a different gimmick. And he made them all work. Yeah. He was dashing, disgruntled, and then he went back... Then he took the mask off, and then he went to Stardust. And then they were all fine. I loved Cody Rhodes. I was a big Cody Rhodes fan. Yeah, me too. Still am. And I hope that he continues to blow up on the Indies Mm -hmm. and prove WWE wrong in this instance. So Bray Wyatt, you know, I'm a bigger fan of him than most. But I will say... We talk a lot about how he has these really good promos, he's a cool character, but they kind of like chop his wings off because he just loses all the time. And how do you take anything he says to mean anything when he always loses? I was completely disinterested last night when he came out. I was confused. <laughs> so what confused you? That he came out calling out Randy? No, his he... pro- like, I, I, I mentioned this a few times with, with his promos, it's like... Sometimes he'll say something, and then he'll say something else and not elaborate on it. I was like, okay. So, <laughs> I'm like, huh? It's like he, sometimes he goes he goes all over the place and doesn't just stick to one thing. He jumps around a little bit. Yeah. And like even this problem, I was like, okay, he says what? 
I'm gonna spoil you all your flaws, you're damaged, and like, okay. But the thing, another thing with SmackDown is, with the way with the way Bray Wyatt is, like he's real mysterious. So maybe that is kind of what he's going for to be a, kind of like all over the place, cryptic, cryptic. and you don't yeah. really quite yeah, know yeah. Because sometimes it's hard to it's hard really hard to decode him. It could be that. So, and I apologize in advance for the language. There's a phrase about wrestling where somebody's got to get their shit in. Mm-hmm. Which basically means I do this move, this move, this move, and this move, and we have to make sure I get to do it. I almost feel like Bray is like that when he talks. Like, yeah. I have to get all my shit in. I have to, all the stuff I want to say, I have to say it. Uh-huh. Even if it doesn't all fit. The one thing I did like that he said, he said, Randy, you're sick, and that's why I like you. And then at one point he said, Randy, I'm the predator now, which I like. Now, it's ultimately going to lose lead to him losing anyway, <laughs> so it doesn't really matter. But. I like the way that he kind of messes with your head. Randy kind of gave a pretty standard promo back, and now they're going to have a match at Backlash. I like when Orton's line was, when he came back and said, where, where were you when I was facing Cactus Jack? When he was facing <laughs> Undertaker. I like that, because other than that, I don't know where the rest of his mic skills went. He has mic skills last month, I don't know where yeah. they went now. Well, yeah, I don't know either. <laughs> he, maybe that's all. He's like, oh, I need him to lead up to SummerSlam when I get my head smashed open the women on Smackdown once again every woman in the segment with the exception of Eva Marie because unfortunately she's not there hashtag pray for Eva (laughs) what did you think of one will Nikki be in on commentary the tag match Naomi and Becky against Natty and Alexa Bliss Carmella comes out and attacks Nikki yet again I will say I like that how persistent they are with Carmella just just coming after Nikki Bella any chance she gets. Yeah, I like that. I loved her standing up on the barricade, too, uh-huh. afterwards, like holding her hands up, like getting to stand tall at the end of it. At some point, though, the story can't be all of them jammed into the same story. Yeah, but this, yeah, I know that, but they're promoting the six-pack challenge. They're promoting the six-pack challenge, so it does make sense. And but I, they've been doing that since it started. Yeah, but I like the fact that they have, like, what, what, what are they? Like, I know Alexa Bliss and Carmella... They're new, so you have mm-hmm. to get them established. So the fact that they're on the show every, they've been on the show every week is great. Even other women too, because in a few weeks you might not get all of them on television. Yeah. So get them all on TV as much as possible right now to to actually have some credibility and so the fans can actually know. The match was fine. I ain't got a problem with the match. Nikki Bella on commentary as a baby face. No. Yeah. They were talking about total Bella's morning the match. You know, I cannot wait for that show. To come out. <laughs> Even though I'm super excited, I am super excited because I can't wait to I can't wait to do John Laurinaitis impressions every week. I cannot wait. But, yeah, I miss Eva. I'm very much looking forward to her coming back. Now, then they'll have seven women on the roster, so that's one more person to throw into a segment. This is kind of a little bit off topic. Do you think we will ever see Naomi seriously in contention for the women's championship? Think she'll ever be the women's champion? Mm. I don't know. I can't give you an answer. If I had a tough my head, but I, I would have to say. Hmm. And why do you think they don't? I don't know. It's like she's one of the most athletic women on the roster. So I have no idea. I really don't. And she can cut a. Pro- is she? I mean, look, she's not. Dean Ambrose or Bray Wyatt on the microphone, but she can cut a promo. I remember when she first turned heel, she was cutting good promos. 
She could probably cut a good babyface promo, too, if they gave her the chance to. I just feel like they use her as an attraction. Like, oh, you can dance, so go out there and dance. <laughs> or you can, throw your, you can throw your butt around, so go do that. Yeah, Ron's here. Make him happy. <laughs> like, I feel like that's what they do to her. But if you put her in a position... She had good matches with Sasha mm-hmm. when Team Bad was breaking up. I feel like she's got a lot of potential. I don't know how old she is, but she's got a lot of potential that they don't seem to be wanting to let her reach. She's clearly behind Becky Lynch in the pecking order, behind Nikki Bella. She'll probably be behind Natty, and very soon she'll probably be behind Alexa Bliss. I don't think Carmella. Yeah, I don't well. think she's behind Natty. I think she'll surpass Natty, but Alexa Bliss is the third one on that third one on there because she's awesome. She is great. And I'm not going to take anything away from any of those other women. I just feel like yeah, they're all great. Naomi has deserved more than what she's gotten. And hopefully, at some point now with this brand split, she will get more of what she has deserved, booking-wise, than what she's gotten. Yeah, I wouldn't be mad about, mad about whoever leaves the title, because they're all good. Mm-hmm. I like them all. Who do you think right now is going to walk away with the women's title? I'll say Nikki Bella. So you don't think Becky? No. She's going to still be chasing it? See, well... We'll get to that when we get to the tag titles. Cause, is because like no no I was gonna say we'll even Marie be back but she no she won't, won't be back she won't because it's like somebody has to chase a babyface has to chase and with the tag titles we'll get to that but in this situation I think a heel I think Nikki Bella will, probably will win but I don't think a heel has to walk away with the women's title because just have that babyface to chase whether it's Nikki Bella or Becky Lynch. I just wish Eva was there because there would have been nothing more perfect. <laughs> I know. It really was the perfect thing they could have done. That's they made uh, they made some great changes on Raw when Finn Balor went out injured because obviously nothing they did on Raw was in the plan. It turned out to be maybe the best story they did on Raw this year. I don't know if they'll have as much luck on SmackDown with the women's title, but that, it was a perfect setup. They had it set up so perfect for Eva. To be the first SmackDown Women's Champion, I'm, I'm still I'm still disappointed. About that. <laughs> uh, the tag team division, they're uh, working their way through the rounds for the tag team tournament. Who made that bracket? I don't know, but the hype bros over the Vaude Villains. Uh, don't really have much to say about that. If you have anything to say, you might as well do it now. Uh, go 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 on to the rest of the. Okay, we got the. Return, oh, y'all after that. The return of the Headbangers. Oh. Uh. <laughs> Against maybe my new favorite tag team, Slater and Ryan. Oh my goodness! Beauty and the Man Beast—they call themselves on Talking. <laughs> How good was night. was Heath Slater's house segment? That was awesome. <laughs> I the visit at his house was great. It was top-notch silliness. <laughs> the fact, like, why was why is Rhino there? Like, they're a tag team. They're not brothers. They don't live together. Like, what is Rhino doing? In effect, the whole time they had the hors d'oeuvres, he's just mm-hmm. right, put his smiley faces on the cracker yeah. with the cheese whiz. And frowny faces. Yeah. And he was, like, winking at Renee while he's eating the crackers. His ridiculous wife. You gotta give props to Renee, though, to keep mm-hmm. a straight face oh, in yeah. that whole situation. I do. She's great. Yeah. She's great at what she does. Slate, when she asked, are your kids at school? And he said, no, they're out collecting bottles and cans. <laughs> so good. They mentioned the above-ground pool. <laughs> and if they win and he gets his contract, he's going to buy a double-wide trailer. <laughs> that segment I thought was great. They win their match. Somehow they both come out of it busted up. Rhino's bleeding from his eye. I don't know how that happened. Slater, you saw in Talking Smack, his nose was all messed oh, up. Oh, really? Yes, I don't know what happened. I don't know if they smashed heads. I, I don't know. Or maybe the headbangers. I have no clue. 
I was at first kind of annoyed at the idea of the headbangers coming back. But I think it's kind of cool for them. Like, they're a little older. They probably have kids that are old enough to actually watch them yeah, now. Yeah, Chaz mentioned that. So I think it's cool for them, for their kids to get to actually see them on the biggest stage. Was that a one-off or you don't know? I think it was a one-off. I can't imagine. They look horrible. Yeah, they do. <laughs> they don't need to be there for any more than just last night. I remember Chaz, I remember when Chaz left. He was with D'Lo Brown. And it was mm-hmm. like, well, they, he looks terrible. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't. And that match was over in, I think, three minutes. Yeah. Maybe less than that. Yeah. Well, now I'll yell. Okay. Because who made this bracket? You give away your best tag team match in the semifinal. And now, like, as, as entertaining as Slater and Rhino are, you got to believe they're going to beat the Hype Bros for the storyline. And American Alpha is going to be probably win the finals. But your new title, you're, you're intertwining it with... A comedic storyline, so you're not, so you're making you're making the titles like a parody and an afterthought because they're probably put up a story of, oh he's fighting for the titles and a new contract, but these are your new titles, make them feel important, put the best match forward, not just some parody and, and, and some comedic act for your new titles. So here's something I'll say about that. One from the second they announced this, and the second Heath Slater said, "I'm going to find a partner and I'm going to win," and they said, "That's how you get your contract." I felt like there was at least a 50/50 chance Heath Slater was going to win just because it makes sense based on that stipulation. And he can't keep being a free agent chasing a contract for for much longer. Um, He's gotten himself incredibly over in the last month. Mm -hmm. He's maybe more popular than almost anybody on that brand outside of Ambrose and AJ. And on Talking Smack last night, I don't know if you watched it, they did a segment where Heath Slater was giving just amazingly Heath Slater silliness. <laughs> but in the middle of that, they asked Rhino, why did you team up with Heath Slater? Like, did you, and he said, I, I see something in him. Like, I see a lot of promise in him. And then he went on to talk about how, I think he said he hasn't won a tag team championship since 1998 or something like that. But he also said he's never won a tag team championship in the United States. And it's like a goal that he has mm-hmm. to be a tag team champion in WWE. I don't know if they'll show that on SmackDown next week, maybe. But where it is a comedy act, they managed to actually inject like some realism into it. So to me, if they show that, if they show Rhino talking about that on the show next week, or if that's something that people start talking about... I'll be pretty sure that they're going to make them win. I don't know if they're going to win. I mean, it makes sense for... It doesn't make sense for it to be the Usos. Now, see, my thing but my thing was the Usos aren't going to be Alpha. That's why I thought American Alpha and Usos would be the, the final match because that's your actual mm-hmm. best wrestling match you could have for, for your tag team titles to make, them feel impo- to make them feel important. But they're not going to do that. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of 50-50 whether it's going to be Slater and Rhino or... American Alpha. I kind of want to see Slater pull it off. And that crowd will go nuts. It will go nuts. If they do. Is there any chance maybe the Usos come back to bite Alpha in the championship match? Now see, I, I had a way of having the Usos possibly turn heel in the finals against against Alpha and have the Alpha chase because remember how good that was in NXT because mm-hmm. I just mentioned the women title. You kind of want to have a, a babyface chase in one of, the, one of these titles. And yeah. And with that situation, they it, they wouldn't have that. But 
maybe the Usos learn how to be heels, and since it's from six years ago, because that was not good. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. We'll see how it happens. <laughs> That's all I can say. I'm upset about the bracket. Um, my last thing on SmackDown. It. Do you think it's weird that John Cena is not going to be on the first SmackDown specific pay per view? Wasn't that like the main reason for him being on the brand was to elevate it? And your first brand specific show, he's not going to be there. That is odd. But we'll get they'll get past it. Yeah, they'll get past I, it. He's I, just, a, I know he's advertised for No Mercy. Hmm. I just don't get why they didn't do something with him. I'm still mad that he didn't come out and address losing at SummerSlam. Because I feel like that was a part of the story. But he's a liar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, that bothers me. Was there anything else on SmackDown you felt worthy of talking about? Because I didn't think there was no. anything else. So NXT this week. We got the return of Ty Dillinger in Brooklyn. Maybe the most overperformer in the company. Better intro. Ty Dillinger, <laughs> Bobby Roode. Ooh. <laughs> That's I, tough. Because some days at work, I found myself singing Glorious, and then today mm-hmm. I, was, I was singing 10 all day. That's close. That's like a photo finish. <laughs> I, I'll, I think for right now, I'll say Dillinger, only because I hadn't seen him in so long, and I was like legitimately happy to see him come out. I thought he had a good match. Blake obviously stinks. <laughs> but... Ty Dillinger gets back on the on the winning track. He had had run into some tough times for a little bit. Yeah, because that's the first time on TV since June, I think. Yeah, it's been a while. He lost to Nakamura, right? I think it was Almas. Well, oh, it was Almas. Yeah, he put over Almas. Twice. And then Corey Graves turned on him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> said he's not a perfect 10. Obviously, he's not even a 5 or something <laughs> like that. So he's like, he's not 10 to us. 5 or 3 or 7. <laughs> something like Speaking of Corey Graves, did you happen to watch the Go Home NXT episode from Bro- of Brooklyn? Yes. How great was he when he saw Mandy Rose? Oh, uh, <laughs> Yeah, and I'm not a big Mandy Rose fan, but so I guess that's his new Eva. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it was so over the top. It was so good. She, she said she's saying something about heart only to Eva Marie. So if she ever makes it to the main roster, we know JBL will just try to <laughs> to take that. Shtick from Grace. Like, it was so good. I kept rewinding it because it was so funny. It was so <laughs> over the top. Although there was no Jordan flu game reference. Yeah. <laughs> like JBL had. Not a whole lot happened on NXT. It was a lot of interviews post-Brooklyn. We got a Bobby Roode interview saying he's going to go meet with CEOs and businessmen. Uh, we got Austin Aries talking about, uh, what's his name? Oh, no way. Tommy. Uh-huh. But he also said, and this is actually kind of cool that he said it, Aries, I still want my apology. You stole my nickname. You did notice he didn't talk about my, talk about my European title. He did not. And he won't. Mm-hmm. He knows better. Yep. He's got a lot of heat with Matt Madness. Yes, he does. <laughs> I did like, though, that he said all these guys are coming after Austin Aries to make a name for themselves against me. Because that is kind of what has happened. It's like he's getting thrown in with all these new guys. Bailey... Gave her interview, you know, saying I thought I had a chance. I thought maybe there was some kind of magic in the air for me at Brooklyn. Ember Moon came in and basically said, you know, you're the you're the re- I, I'm coming here basically to be what you were. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, because I had mentioned this when we reviewed. You NXT. did I, as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, that's what we thought. Yeah, about. it was awkward because Bay was like, yeah, one day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. She said we should have a takeover match one yeah. day or something like that. I think Ember Moon is going to be great. You think she beats Asuka? Not yet, but I think she'll be the one to eventually do it. 
I don't know who else it could be. Yeah. There is nobody else it no. could be. Bel- believable. Yeah, no, it's not. Uh, Dash and Dawson had an interview. Oh. Uh-huh. You want a spoiler? Sure. Liv Morgan challenges Oscar for the women's really? title in the next set of tapings. Wow. She actually has a match with her, or she, she issues she's, a challenge? She wins a couple of matches, she issues a challenge. And that match hasn't happened yet. Not yet. That's interesting. So mm-hmm. they're trying to build her up now. Yeah. I mean, she's decent. Yeah, she's fine. I remember seeing her at the Performance Center. She was still with Aaliyah, who was known as Noof at that time, as a tag team. And they were against Billy Kay and Peyton Royce, who were a tag team at that time. And it was actually a fun match. Really? Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. And uh, so I think it'd be cool if, if Liv Morgan starts to get pushed up a little bit because obviously we know she's been used as a jobber for all the other women on the roster for the last six months. She's a good hand. Yeah, <laughs> she is. <laughs> Dash and Dawson had an interview where they basically said, we're, we're not just the best tag team in NXT, we're the best tag team in the world. On this planet. We, uh, what do they, what do they always say? We, top we hit guys. hard and we talk heavy, top guys out. Something like, some next. Yeah, I don't know what's <laughs> next for them. And this is the last thing that happened, TM61 against Authors of Pain. We heard a rumor that this was like a squash match. It kind of was. It wasn't a bad match. It was a fine match. I think match. TM61 got, they got enough, they got enough of their stuff in. They did. And we still don't really know anything about Authors of Pain. Do you have any more... Hope for them than he did when they debuted. Just a little bit. A little bit more. Just so they've shown bit. you a little bit. A little bit. What What is your hope? Like, are you starting to buy into them as a monster heel, like demolition LOD type tag team, or what? Is, what is it? They have potential to like. Like these guys are huge. They have to wreck, make some destruction. Like even when they beat up Alpha, they didn't really do anything. Mm-hmm. Like, like, like they, they, they at a combined weight, they were the, what they six fifteen. It's like come yeah. on, like yeah, they're enormous. Yeah, both of them. Any other NXT topics you want to talk about? Like I said, there really wasn't a whole lot to talk no. about. Cruiserweight Classic, the end of round, the round of, well, the second round, the round of 16. Lince Dorado representing Puerto Rico against my boy Rich Swan. Fun match. Fun, real fun. A lot of super athletic countering and yeah, stuff like that. It's like a very different type of match. Yeah, what was it? A head scissors into a, into a cartwheel? Yeah. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah, they, I thought that they both put on a great show. Again, I think it's awesome to see Rich Swan get to actually go out there and do what he does as opposed to just go out there and get beat by somebody already in NXT. Hopefully he's going to be part of the cruiserweight division. Uh, well, he was advertised on that vignette Oh, he was, weekend. okay. And he won with a Phoenix Splash. It's nice to see one actually land. Yeah, it is. You don't see it often. So I thought that was good. Rich Swan. I forget who's he going up against the next round. Do you remember? Uh, I I forgot. It's somebody that I'm pretty TJ, sure. TJ he's Perkins. Not gonna yeah, he's not going to be TJ Perkins. We had Philadelphia's own Drew Gulak against Zack Saber Jr. Still kind of feel <laughs> the same way as I did. And I was kind of looking like, okay, maybe seeing Zack Sabre Jr. prepared me for Jack Gallagher. Because I like Jack Gallagher a lot more than I like Zack Sabre Jr. So I thought, okay, maybe now on my second viewing of Zack Sabre, I'll feel a little different. And to me, Jack Gallagher, when he's doing all these transitions and escapes, he's performing. He's putting on a show while he's doing these things. Whereas... 
Zack Saber Jr. to me, it's like he's just doing stuff. So I didn't come out. I I did think this was better. Yeah. And I thought Gulak was a great opponent for him because he came out. He was trying to beat him up, yeah. basically. So it was a, a different style. It was like a super fast pace to start the match. And I did like the pinning combination that he used to win the match. Yeah, that was like cool. Like the reversal on the, what was it, the dragon choke or Yeah, the dragon sleeper, yeah. I thought that was a cool transition into a pinning combination. So hopefully the next time I like him a little more and then maybe I'll be a fan by the, the finals because I assume he's going to be in the finals. What did you think of that match? It was better than his, his first match. Like you said, I, I see where you had your problem with him the first time. It was better. I wasn't a fan of Drew Gulak in the first match. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you, I don't know how much of a fan you were of him. I thought he was okay. Yeah, he was He was nothing, bra- nothing to brag about, but I like the finish as well with the Dragon Sleeper right rolling to the pin. But, but they, got, they got a little stiff in the, at, going to the end of that match with those, with those slaps to each other's face. Mm-hmm. But it was a good match in my opinion. Yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was a good match. Definitely I liked it more than his first match. And then it made me also feel like, is he a guy who needs a certain type of opponent to put on a really good match? But we'll see. Obviously, we'll see him at least one more time. Then we had Johnny Wrestling, Johnny Gargano against TJ Perkins, one of my, one of the guys I thought was most impressive in the first round, one of my favorite guys out of this group. This I thought this was an awesome match. It was awesome. Shot Gargano loss. Yeah. Uh... I would have been, except I kind of knew that T.J. Perkins was a guy they wanted to hype. The fact that they hyped how long he's been doing it, that they hyped the idea of him being from the Philippines and there's not a lot of Filipino athletes, I kind of just felt like that was the way they were going to go. But I liked that they used his knee from TakeOver Brooklyn as part of the story. Mm -hmm. I liked how big a role his knee played in the match. I like just how diverse these two guys are. Like, where Zack Sabre Jr. has, like, one style that he's doing. Both of these guys can do a variety yeah, of different styles. Style. Yeah, yeah it, it, this was a really fun match. Unfortunately, obviously, couldn't live up to their first-round match, Gargano and Ciampa. But I thought this was an awesome match. It was good. And I don't remember who TJ Perkins is going up against next. I think it was Rich Swan. Is it Rich Swan? Oh, you just said that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Who do you think wins that match? I don't know because I expected Gargano to be a little go a little bit further and maybe maybe had Rich Swan and T.J. Perkins in this past round and then um, T.J. Perkins to be Gargano in the next round. But uh, that's difficult because they're both apparently going to Raw, coming to Raw slash NXT. Um, I don't think they would have an NXT guy in the semifinals, so I think Rich Swan will win. You think so? Yeah. To put over a, who who they face in the semifinals, Ibushi. I think so. I th- I, yeah, so I think it'll be Rich Swan. So we're down to the final eight, the great eight, as Corey Graves called it. We have Ibushi, Gran Metalik, Tazawa, uh, Noam Dar, the Brian Kendrick, Rich Swan, T.J. Perkins, and Zack Saber Jr. Of those eight. Who do you see as the champion as it stands right now? Abushi. Yeah, it's a shame that it's kind of that obvious. Yeah. Like, I wish there was a little more mystery to it. Yeah, he's awesome. Than that, he is great, but I, I kind of wish that there it was like, oh, I don't know who's going to win. Yeah. And I feel like it's kind of a foregone conclusion at this point. This thing has been awesome, though. Yeah. 
as much as I complained last week about the the oversaturation of WWE wrestling, and I waited until today actually to watch NXT. So, well, I'll, I'll wait through. Really yeah, I'll wait. I'll, wait, I'll watch Cruiser Class before I came here. I usually watch it over the weekend, but I waited, and uh, it, it, it's awesome. It, it never disappoints each week, and the matches just keep getting better, which I think is great. And now I'm assuming because there's only four matches in the next round, maybe we'll get two each. Probably. On the show, so maybe we'll actually get a match that pushes 20 minutes. I don't know if they'll I raise... really want a match that pushes 20, well, at least maybe eight, 18 to 19 minutes. That's what yeah. I want. I, w- I want to see the resiliency of these guys to get to win before the time limit comes up. Me too. Yeah, it's almost like a, like a race with the clock. Yeah. Uh, anything else you want to mention on the Cruiserweight Classic? Good job. Real good. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. And any listener questions? Yeah, we have a question from Donovan the Lowdown Lloyd. No relation. <laughs> he Still wants, not related. Yeah. <laughs> he he wants to know who are our top five sellers today. Top five sellers. See, this is interesting because it it could almost go by your definition of selling. Because Vince Russo accuses Sami Zayn of not selling, but I think he really sells. I'll go, in, in no particular order, I'll go Zane, Ziggler, Dean, hmm, trying to think of two other guys that really sell. No, it's not Roman. Although Roman goes to sleep sometimes. He's really selling. Roman's on my list. Is he? Yeah. This is a tough one. Why don't you give your five while I think of two more guys? Okay, well, Dolph Ziggler, Sami Zayn, Roman Reigns, Sasha Banks, Becky Lynch. That's interesting. Say Enzo. (laughs) That's a good one. (laughs) Because that's the one thing he really, other than talking, that's the one skill in the ring that he really has. That's a good one. And I'll put Sasha on there as well because she does, she does sell really well. Any other questions? No, that's it for tonight. That was it for questions. So who do we all have questions for? I want to thank everybody. We had Donovan. The, le- the Lowdown Lloyd, no relation. Okay. The Lethal J Vargas. Uh-huh. And Tyrell Roadblock Miles. And the face that runs the place, Joe Lafferty. Don't 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 mess with that. <laughs> so thank you everybody for the questions. Last thing I want to get into, we don't have to talk about this very long. The Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels, was actually present for the last NXT tapings. No word yet on whether he's accepted the job. I, they said that his ranch is for sale, which makes me think maybe he's actually planning to make the move to Florida. I really hope that this happens. I don't want. I don't know if it's going to. Especially after I wanted. To, I would have wanted it to happen anyway. But after that question, comment, whatever you want to call it, that we got from Elite Collector Two One Five. What was his name again? The Lethal J Vargas. Oh, that is him. Yeah. Okay, I didn't realize it was the same person. Um, after that, thinking of all of the strings that he pulled that led to wrestling, kind of as we know it. That should be in WWE's developmental territory. <laughs> He's not the same as Dusty Rhodes, but I think he could fill those shoes in his own way. And I know you agree. Yeah, I agree. That. 
I agree. Because like we said, we said a couple weeks ago, NXT needs something because it's clear that the characters are not there because Dusty's passing. He's out there to help guide the guy, guide the guys. No offense to who they have. Is it Ronnie Brookside? Uh, he's one of them. Yeah. Yeah. He's no offense to him, but he's not Dusty Rhodes, and maybe Shawn Michaels he can get a character out of these guys. Or, or if he's not working with the character, he could get the best out of these guys. No yeah, he can he's spot. He's the rare guy. Like we we made this comparison before of, you know, somebody who's super talented or the greatest ever at what they do a lot of times wouldn't be the best coach. Like we mentioned Magic Johnson or somebody like Michael Jordan. Because you can't coach somebody to be you. That was a like, sad time. Like you, yeah, you have, you have rare talent and gifts, and it's hard for you to see somebody who doesn't have those gifts. Shawn Michaels is one of those rare guys who has that unbelievable talent but actually can relate the way he thinks about these things to someone who doesn't, as evidenced by guys like Diesel. You know, the formation of the clique leading to the NWA, all these things, Hunter Hearst Helmsley, all these things that stemmed from decisions that Shawn Michaels made. I think this generation of wrestling could definitely use his his fingerprints on the product and what better way than guys who haven't quite made it to WWE yet. Anything you want to say before we get off the air? Um, Throwback Madness, Unforgiven 2002, coming soon. Coming very soon. It should be available the week, I guess next week, leading into Backlash. Yeah. Or oh, sometime this month. I guess sometime it doesn't have to month, be Backlash. Yeah. So that is Matt Madness for this week. For Mr. Wednesday Night Live. One more thing. Yes. For, well, October is uh-huh. the European Champions pick. Okay. <laughs> now, do you want something you've never seen or something you want you, you can have a lot of fun with? Um, that's a good question. While something I have never seen is always good, I'm always up for having a lot of fun. So okay, that that's the way I would always lean. It's okay. having a lot of fun. Okay. So does that did that just kind of make your decision or somewhat? Yeah. Because right. <laughs> I was having a hard time. Well, I'm curious to see what it is. Okay. Will not be revealed until Throwback Madness. Sometime in September. Yeah. So, for Mr. Wednesday Night Live, Alo, Aaron Lloyd, hailing from Bahia Blanca, Argentina. So sick. <laughs> I am Ron Pashery, and we will see you next week.